for you at WRQK.com. Miss anything from last week? Make sure you pick up that podcast right there. I have uh, for you, Fantone, a... Yeah. Um, well, an unfortunate story for me. Okay. But probably hilarious story for all of you where like I had an epic fail already this morning. All right. It's pretty early for that, but uh, but explain away. So uh, the weather added again, all icy and all that. And uh, by the way, most schools closed. Maslin Alliance, uh, Canton City all closed. I can't believe they closed the schools for an inch of ice. You can get all the school closings, WRQK.com as well. So I walk out of my back door of my apartment, and that's how I get out of it. And if, without... I don't know, being able to explain everything. There's like a back porch, and then there's a couple of steps. You know, right. I got to go out, right? right? And so I grabbed the hand railing, start walking down the steps, and I didn't realize that it was like a black ice, like sheet of ice type situation. So sure enough, I get two footsteps down on the first step, and my feet come out right underneath me. Jeez. And I take a serious spill, like a serious spill, like onto my ass, and like I'm like grabbing like the hand railing, and these are like cement steps. Of course. You know, it's a mess, right? And so I get up, I like bounced almost right up and like half the stuff that I were, it was in my hands fell on to like, you know, the porch before the steps. And then the other half's like in the yard okay. after. So I have to now go back up the steps and back down them again. So now you're terrified of them, right? Of course. Cause they've already bested you once all early in the morning. <laughs> we know who the winner is, right? <laughs> it's right. Exactly. Rocky's over there, arms up, champion, <laughs> statues being built, you know, and there I am clubber knocked out, you know? And so like, I was terrified to walk back up them, but I did get up and down them again without falling. And here's the thing. I got it. Like I... I'm shocked about how not angry I am. Like in I am the too. in the moment, it was a couple of f words. You know what I mean? But still underneath my breath because I didn't want to wake my next door neighbor up. But a couple of those, and then I got up, and then once I got in my car, started driving, I was fine, except for the fact, and I think it was because nothing had hurt. Like I didn't, I, I didn't, I was like, wow, I was like, I think I escaped this without any serious pain. Okay. And then I started driving here. Okay. And now I got here. And. I've been sitting in this chair for a little while now, and I do. I gotta tell you, like my left leg is killing me. I'm sure, dude. I mean, I, have you like went and like checked yourself? Because if you fell on your ass like that, I'm gonna assume there's probably at least a little bit of like bruising, scraping, probably on the backside. So there. I, I feel like my left leg got most of it because it was one of those where I didn't fall perfectly backwards. It was right. kind of like off to the left hand side there. Okay. And so like I feel like that got a lot of it. And my but now my oh yeah, see now reaching yeah. around my back like my left shoulder. Like, I honestly, I think today is going to be one of those days where right now I feel all right. But by three o'clock this afternoon, I'm not going to be able to move and I'm going to be laying on my couch. I'm going to be interested to see what happens by the end of the show. That's four hours of you sitting upright in a chair that's not exactly the most comfortable or supportive in the world. I uh, I bet you by the end of this, you're real stiff. Dude. Not comfortable I, and supportive. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you get you just described this whole entire establishment. I um I uh I, I wanted to laugh more at this story. I was like, all right, Stansberry had some sort of follies this morning, but I feel bad for you, bro. <laughs> like, see, like, that's what I don't like. No laugh. That's what I don't like because that's what I don't like. If you got to worry, Greg Giraldo talks about this. You have turned a page where if you fall down, people don't think it's funny. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm not, I'm much more concerned. Like, dude, do I have to come, you know, start salting those, like, or, you know, salting the steps off before, you know? Well, see, that's just them? it. Like, I wish they would have done that. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's like early and all right. that, but uh, dude, my apartment building should be a 24 hour building to me. Yes, 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 yes. Of course. Now, is there any like salt or anything there? Like, was no, there no, any? No. They, so- no, no, no. They honestly, they normally, they, they do a great job. Honestly, I, I don't want to make it sound like this is their fault. I it just, you know, what I mean, I fell, but 
no, they don't leave that stuff out. Like they kind of get on it and handle it. I, I, and I understand that. I just think it's always one of those things, especially salt in a shovel, where it's like, yes, you do want somebody here doing the job, but at the same time, it's like if I, a person who lives here, notices, yo, these steps are icy as hell. I would like the ability to like, I think, you know, I think then they're liable. Like if you do something with the salt and then something happens, like th- I think that's why they're not allowed to do that. I don't know, it, but I but I would imagine that if they don't do that, it's due to an insurance thing. The funny thing was, I had everything in my hands, and for some reason, what I chose to save was this crap ass styrofoam cup of like coffee to go coffee I had from my house. It wasn't even you know it wasn't anything great, but I saved it. Like there's a huge massive dent in it. Oh geez, yeah, but, there is. But, but I like because my hand. How did that not break? Instinctively, you go to like grip everything in your hand for some reason. Hot coffee was in there when you when this oh, all happened yeah, to dude, you. Most of it's still in there. Oh like, wow, yeah, dude. look at that. Your boy did. Wow, all right. that's years. Wow. Honestly, I I would have to imagine that that's years of stumbling with domestic you know lights <laughs> in your hands at Kent State. Like that had to be what like how I learned to save that. I can't believe, dude. Honestly, that would be one of those things you'd imagine would have went first. I can't believe that cup didn't break. It just no. keeps styrofoam and still stood through it. Man, it's tough. iPhone Maybe USA, baby. iPhone, unfortunately, fell out of my hand, but luckily uh, I have a case on and all that. Nothing yeah. broke. But I, like, I, the and those more are I waterproof, there, right? Those new iPhones, aren't they? Uh, I don't know for sure oh, okay. on that, but I got okay. a case on it and all, all right, that stuff. Right. I got the tempered glass on the front and a case. Right. I'll be all right. But other than that, man, like, dude, the body's starting to, starting not to feel good. I, uh, I I am concerned about you falling now, dude. Oh. I do not find that funny. I find that to be very concerning. I'm worried about you, I ah, See, yeah, I, I was worried about that. I was like, <laughs> so I, I was like laying there all mad, and I was like, well, at least I'll get a good story. I was like, no, these jerks are going to tell me how it's going to be the end of my life now. It's This this isn't funny anymore. Stansbury needs a life alert. I'm like, dude, one of these dicks is going to bring a cane here. <laughs> That's code for please, somebody bring a cane here. Luckily for you... Uh, we are passing out money every single hour on the program. Your first shot to score $1,000 is actually right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. ROCK 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on ROCK 106.9. If you're just waking up, making your way into the office, give yourself a little bit more time today. This was actually my longest drive into the office yet this year. I um I heard it raining this morning when I was like getting ready for work, but I was like, ah, it's just some rains by washing everything away. And then I went outside and I'm like, oh, no, it's it's, ice. no, seriously, it's like a big, huge sheet of ice. Everybody that I'm seeing online, social media, you know, complaining about it and things like that. Just give yourself a little bit of extra time. The roads were worse than I thought they were going to be Um, this morning. And I just started using this stuff this year, but I'll recommend it. Um, They've got like they sell like bottles of like spray de-icer. And this is the first year I was ever like, dude, you know what I should do is I should buy some of those made the cleanup so much quicker this morning. It was just like, up, oh, spray, 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 scrape, 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 and I was done. Really? Yeah, it worked really well. I've never used that. I uh, I may start my car first. I'm one of those, like, warm the car up Oh, guys. yeah, 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 yeah. I've got, the, I've got the remote start, but... Oh, uh, yeah, those are nice. No, but I'm saying for, like, the side windows and the mirrors, and that's the thing, too, is clean your whole car off, people. Don't just be like, well, I can barely see through it. I can drive now. No, you can't. Uh, that's against the law now. I should mean, be. You, you know, yeah, absolutely. Dude, if texting and driving should be against the law, then which it should be, then not being able to see yeah. out of the windows as you're driving it should be against the law too. Absolutely. Absolutely. A little later this morning, we'll get you hooked up with a pair of tickets for the Great Big and Home and Garden Show. Ooh. It's at the IX Center February 2nd through the 11th. We'll get you into that. I would imagine now that all of like those Home and Garden channels, like they all have like 
celebrity TV stars. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a big get now, right? Oh, yeah. And, dude, my girlfriend loves those stupid shows. Loves them. Like the, the Fixer Upper and the Flipper Floppers and the whatever those stupid Home of Garden Chip and Joanna. And they're pregnant now. And she's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to watch this and get a barn door. And I'm like, what are we going to do with a barn door? What are we going to do with that, Megan? Just wait till she's pregnant and they start spray painting something. <laughs> and then there's a hashtag on Twitter like, oh, my God, that mom is willing to spray paint as she's carrying that baby. There's going to I mean, I'm telling you that, dude, everything is a controversy now. Every single thing. But we will pass those tickets out a little later in the program. I had a little uh, headphone shorting out there. Sorry. So every now and again, a story will come across that's just like too weird not to mention. Right. And. I don't care about this movie franchise at all, so I wish this would have happened. Although, most of you comic book movie people would have freaked out had this been the thing. But Michael Jackson apparently wanted to play Spider-Man so bad that he almost bought Marvel. It's the first time I'm ever hearing of this. Stan Lee is now like kind of like admitting that yeah once upon a time Michael had like this crazy plan to like take over Marvel, buy it, acquire it so he himself could be Spider-Man. Now, at its height or his height, I'm sure Michael Jackson had the money to do that because this was probably at the time when Marvel really hadn't like leapt over yet. You know what I mean? It was probably sitting in this early 90s weird time of successful, but not like into the super success it is now. No, I would imagine that this was before this all got picked up. Yeah, before like, because I mean, they made, don't get me wrong, they made like crappy Spider-Man movies, but before it became the... What was that first one? The Tobey Maguire once before it became like a big deal before, you know, well, it was it was what it was the first X-Men movie where it was like, oh, OK, these might be a viable thing. Yeah. And I mean, like they had success in comics like X-Men and Spider-Man had success. And I would say like the mid 90s. But I think like the late 80s to the early 90s, I think all comics were kind of in a weird place there where they were just comic books. It hadn't like nerd culture hadn't transcended into pop culture yet. No, I remember like we I, I, when I was still young enough to go to like movies with like multiple friends and things like that. Right. And we all went and there to some movie and there was a trailer for the X-Men movie. And there was a buddy of ours that we hung out with that was like a comic book nerd. And the rest of us didn't really read them. And we all looked at him like, you're totally going to go see that movie, right? Nerd. Like, we didn't care about it. Gave him a wedgie, shoved him in a locker. Because we were like, well, dude, who cares about that? Right. And then all of a sudden, they come out, and it's like the first X-Men movie's good. And then it's like, then the world went crazy, and everybody started buying up all the licenses to all this stuff. So, now, I, I would say at his time, I think this could have happened. Well, I mean, yeah, but it didn't. But, like, I mean, Spider-Man, definitely the most, well, I don't know about the most, but he's a little dainty, right? I mean, little, I mean, the movement necessarily isn't crazy. Oh, no. I mean, it's better than him saying, like, hey, I wanted to play Superman. Right, right. Um, The thing is, is I would say that kind of like Spider-Man was a teenager. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder if that was him trying to put himself. Well, no wonder he was trying to get in his pants. Right. No wonder. Yeah, but bodies, I mean, with well... I mean, you spend a significant portion of that movie with the mask off, though, because you got to be the other dude, right? You got to be it's Peter, Peter Parker. Parker, right? Correct. 
Now, see, like I said, I don't care about this franchise at all. And so to me, it would have just been this great piece of comedy we had forever, not you ruining my childhood. I genuinely wonder how that would have altered comic book movies as we know them today. Because, like, if Michael Jackson, you know, becomes Peter Parker, becomes Spider-Man, and it's some crappy movie, and then it comes out that he's a child molester, or all of a sudden they're like, you know what, dude, we don't want anything to do with this Spider-Man. Therefore, the, the Tobey Maguire movies never get made. Do comic book movies make the leap that they made? I don't know. At some point, because I think the content is there, but there would have been a 20-year... Yeah, people would have avoided them for a while. Right. Would it would it would it still be the you know, every other movie that comes out now is a three hour long comic no. book Guardians of the Galaxy? I, I don't, don't know. think maybe, so. Maybe that would have been the best thing that could have happened to nerd culture is Michael Jackson doing that, but I don't know. I'm glad it did not happen. I'm not like a Spider Man like super fan or anything, but I like Spider Man. I like Spider Man movies, and I feel like I'm glad this was not the uh, this was not the case. See, I won't even go see those. I won't even bother watching those new ones with whatever that kid's name is, it Andrew something or whatever. Like I won't even watch those. Um, I think I watched it like when it was uh, when it was on HBO or something like that, and it was very much just like, oh hey, there's some parts I'm paying attention to. There's some parts I'm not like every other superhero movie now. I guess I um they just don't even look good. And even the first one with Tobey Maguire, good movie. Won't say that it wasn't, but I hate, what's his name? James uh, Franco? No, uh, yes, I do hate him. William Defoe. Yeah. William Defoe is one of those guys that I recognize his ability to act, but I find him to be such a, like, a chore to look at that I have a hard time watching him in movies. He's been in some great stuff, William Defoe. He's been in some great things. Yeah, he's pretty good, but... But he's so goddamn ugly. Like I can't, I can't. It's all I focus on. It's like that new. It's like that Adam Driver kid who plays Kylo Ren now. Like his ears are so problematic for me that I can't focus on anything else. I'm just like Jesus. How'd this kid pass a screen test? Uh, yeah, I guess it probably. You know, David tweeting in says so probably Tim Burton's Batman. That started the whole trend. But why I say X-Men is that there was a 10-year dip yeah. in between that Batman and X-Men. Once that X-Men movie came out, then it was like a flood of those movies. Yeah, X- X-Men really was kind of the point where like things tipped. I mean, don't get me wrong. Superhero movies existed. Yes, Superman was a movie. You know what I'm saying? The only other movie that was around when Tim Burton's Batman was out was Dick Tracy. Like Once X-Men opened the door, it was like, oh my God, we have to do all of these now. Yeah, I watched Batman Begins. Not Batman Begins. What was Batman Returns, the second Tim Burton one, not that long ago? Yikes, dude. That movie didn't hold up. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if all these new ones hold up 10, 15 years from now. I I don't know. I I don't even like a lot of them now. But I would say the first X-Men movie was pretty damn good. I found a story that was left over from Christmas time. Yeah. That has me all bummed out. All right. And so it's Monday. It's the worst day of the week. <laughs> I might as well bump you guys out too. That's next on Rock 1069. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 1069. Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. We're online. WRQK.com. There's a video there I want you to take a look at because I know everybody loves busting on me because I'm a Kiss fan. This video, I could not, I cannot wrap my head around. It was a surprising video, really was. I was taken back by it. So, they're being interviewed. I believe Spain, maybe somewhere, or, or, or something like that. But they're being interviewed by, like, a, by a blogger over there. 
And in the middle of it, they start harassing him because he's wearing an Iron Maiden shirt while interviewing them. And like it gets awkward to the point to where like they make the guy take the Iron Maiden shirt off, turn it inside out, and then sure enough, make no mistake, they find a way to get to the Kiss merch booth and get the guy a Kiss shirt, and like he has to like don that as they're wearing. And like they're all razzing him about it. Like you hear the drummer Eric Singer say, Well, if you went to a Raiders game, you wouldn't wear the opposing jersey. Plenty of people wear the opposing jersey at, at sporting events. Plenty of people. And I mean, a difference in between like the opposing team versus like another band. You're not opposing bands, are you? And well, n- right. And more importantly, how d- I would imagine that bands who have been interviewed by thousands of people their entire lives, aren't you almost probably tired of the fanboy radio guy? who like knows way too much about KISS and doesn't just kind of get you into the stuff that your PR department wants you talking about versus tell me about the B-side from like, you know, hotter than hell, Gene. Like, aren't you almost sick of those dudes and just kind of want a straight interview? Yeah, I mean, they always, you know, I, I, the statement is always like, well, you don't wear a band t-shirt to that concert, so when you're going to interview them, why would that be any different? Which, by the way, was a theory brought to us by one of the greatest movies ever, PCU, and I can't believe they haven't remade that movie given the era we're in right now. I can't believe Hollywood hasn't jumped all over that idea yet. But yeah, you don't wear the shirt of the band you're going to see. And And so, of course, Gene now, in the middle of the video, has to point out, you know, we took them on the road. That was us. Took them out on their first tour. That was us. That's what I was going to say. Is there some history there between the two bands that I don't know about? Are they truly opposing bands? Like, is there a beef? I don't know the beef. And And now, I'm a big Kiss fan, and I have... Many, 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 many times said that, yes, Black Sabbath was the first heavy metal band, but Iron Maiden is the greatest heavy metal band of all time. So you would think if that, that, if, that if Kiss is my all-time favorite band, and that's the way I feel about Iron Maiden, if there was like this big major rift, I would probably know. Know something about it, right? Or I've had heard, and then once this came out, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. He and Bruce don't get along. Now, maybe there is, because I stopped caring about this stuff really like a long time ago. So I don't know, but I don't believe that there's this big, huge history. Unless, did Bruce Dickinson recently say something about Gene Simmons grabbing chicks? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. But I didn't see it. I kind of looked over the... I was up here yesterday when I saw the video. That's when I posted it, WRQK.com. And I I started searching for that kind of stuff, and I didn't see it. Now, I guess that, you know, would you want your fans to be wearing shirts? Yeah, I get that. But, like, this dude's an interviewer, and I would have to assume... A vast majority of people who have interviewed you over the years were not wearing your apparel. Whether they were wearing a an Iron Maiden shirt, a Raiders jersey, or just a black T-shirt, they weren't wearing your apparel. I, I, I the, the, the ego on these dudes to be like, nope, you're not wearing our clothes. I can't talk. Well, yeah. when did you when did you draw this line? Because you're right. Right. Like, as a matter of fact, like I have interviewed Paul Stanley face to face. Like that's happened, right? And having been a huge Kiss fan, I did not wear a Kiss shirt. Because again, I didn't wa- I wanted him to kind of like through the interview kind of discover like, oh, dude, they- this is a real fan. Like he really knows things versus just like, hey, your program director got you prepped for an artist that's coming in in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? And so like, but I didn't want to like, like come off in the first five minutes. I was like, dude, I'm meeting my all time favorite. Like I didn't want to come off like a fanboy. 
So wasn't there a little bit of that? Like, when did you become these guys? Like, for a band that, and I've even said recently, that I think that because of how much crap they've gotten for being marketing whores over, like, the last 15 years, that I actually think that their music doesn't get enough credit now. And I maintain, I stand by that. Yeah. Like, their early catalog is pretty damn good, and I think it just gets shunned now because of the lunchboxes and the candlestick holders and you know the, the caskets and all that crap. All those things being said, though, I don't think Kiss would or should trade to that for the world. You know what I mean? You really did make who you are based on the marketing, and don't look that gift horse no. in the mouth. You know what I mean? Like, no. I, I can look at this and be like, dude, look at this. Kiss, they're so stupid, but like, this is who they are, and like, why would I expect them at age 65 to change their behavior? This is what got them to the land of milk and honey. Why, why would I ever I just, I, I, like, they are indefensible at this point. Like, I can't, like, because people were hitting me up and going, what do you think about this? Like, expecting me to dig my heel. First of all, I'm a grown man. So, like, I'm not digging my heels in on my favorite band, and I have to be right about it. No, they were total douchebags. Like, what a bunch of clowns. I can't believe that. Did they really think every person with a microphone interviewing them was going to show up in a Kiss t-shirt? I wish the guy, when they gave it to him, said, dude, at least give me, like, a classic Kiss t-shirt, the ones you want, without, like, these two douchebags' faces all over it. Maybe this dude didn't even want a Kiss t-shirt. Maybe didn't. this dude was like, you know what? Probably they didn't. sent me here to go cover this. I really don't even like Kiss. Why Why am I wearing a Kiss t-shirt? That was uh, that video's online for you. WRPK.com. Phantom, listen to this out of Connecticut now. Right. Where a man was apparently out drinking with his buddy on Christmas. Okay. And I don't know if, it, if he and his wife are estranged or whatever, because it's saying his wife. But I don't know if they were maybe separated, strange, whatever. But apparently he was like scrolling through social media while getting hammered with his buddy and saw his wife hanging out with other people on Christmas. Uh-oh. So now, see, that's bad. Okay. That's bad news. I don't know if you people know this. You're supposed to spend the holidays together. Well, but now shouldn't he be at home? No, he's out there getting drunk. She's out there getting stuffed. It's all sorts of problems. I'm sure dude. he's a hardworking member of society. Some, some seven-year-old is just sitting there crying, eating easy Mac that wasn't cooked right, dude. See, that's why I stole the easy man. There it is. You know? No, but uh, so like he sees this, obviously, gets uh, you know a little annoyed, and then tells his buddy, hey, take me over to these people's houses. All right. Right? So, okay, so he knows who these people are. It's not even like... Yeah, apparently, okay. well, right. I would imagine right. Milford, Connecticut, probably not the not biggest, the biggest town. Right. You know? And so like apparently they know where to go. They went to several locations. He smashed out some car windows with an axe Jeez. and then found 20 chickens. Okay. <laughs> and decapitated him with his bare hands. Okay. Like, just took his bare hands, all Lenny style, and was just snapping heads <laughs> off of chickens. Dude, think about how gruesome that would look. Just heads and feathers yes. flying around. Uh, yes. Beaks Ab- hitting ground. Absolutely disgusting. I uh, I would definitely have an issue with that. I wonder if this guy, is he like work on a farm or something? Because like, I don't think I would have it in me. You know what I mean? I could be as pissed as I wanted to be. I don't know if I'm able to like take that anger and start cracking necks because of it. Yeah, I'm not good with the hurting of the animals. If he's, uh, if this guy, I mean, does this guy like, I don't want to say like work in a slaughterhouse, work in a, you know. In a, like, I don't a, know. A, I a mean, I, I think he works with the domestic <laughs> beer. And that just got the best of them. I could never do this. I, uh, is it, you know what I mean? I talked about this how my dad took me hunting one time and I couldn't shoot the rabbit. And then I remember when we were kids, I lived next to water and there was geese and those things were wildly annoying. And my buddies were like roll, like balling up snowballs and like pegging geese with them. And I couldn't do it. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you're a maniac. Like, how are you hurting that animal and like not like feeling bad about it? 
who you are. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could come up with some sort of devil's advocate for this guy, and I could be like, well, dude, maybe the chickens were going to die anyway. He just wanted to get a little bit of work done. But no, dude, this is the workings of a psychopath. Yeah, dude, sure. you can't just sit in Indian yeah, style, I, I, you know what like, I mean? Just pop in. I mean, dude, you and Ozzy, I guess, <laughs> maybe go on tour. But outside of that, dude, you're nuts. The king, LeBron James, spoke out about the Browns' winless parade. We'll give you his quote next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. Of course, over the weekend, the 0-16 winless parade done by Chris McNeil. We had him on the program prior to it. I was a little wrong on this. I expected there to be a little bit more dust up, more arrests and stuff like that. It turned out not to be a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of you know acting out and the like. Now there was a, they say thirty two hundred, and I remember and I said on Friday and I'm going to stand by it. I think anything less than five thousand and what did you really do it for? But maybe that's just me. But of course Browns players not so happy about it, right? Emmanuel Ogba, one of them saying the parade was a joke. Don't call yourself a true Browns fan if you go to that thing. Going 0-16 was embarrassing enough as a player that is like adding fuel to the fire, and it's completely wrong. And it seems to be a generational thing, a little bit, ex- except for the players themselves because obviously they're younger. But it seems to me like older fans are like, dude, you don't do that, and younger millennial-type fans are like, ah, whatever, We're just this is how we're venting frustration. And I think that that's probably true overall is that there was a time in this country where you didn't do that, where it was kind of like you didn't show everybody your madness. You just kind of like you had the resolve there. And then now it's kind of like, nah, you don't do that. You kind of voice everything. And so I think you're, that's what you're just seeing there is you're, spli- you're seeing a split generationally about how people want to vent their frustration on the Browns being bad. Okay. Now, overall, I wasn't anti-parade. I just wasn't pro it. I was, definitely wasn't going to go in that freezing cold. Right. Just wasn't going to be my thing. But a lot of people now want to point to LeBron James as the reason why it was all right to have the parade. As he said, F yeah, I'd be pissed. But how are you going to be pissed at the fans? It's effed up. I understand that as a player, but you've got to try to fix that S. It could be worse. How about they just boycott a season until y'all win two games in a row? And so now, of course, people who were in support of the parade want to run to LeBron James and wrap your arms around him because no bigger star in the world and he's now just gotten the back of your cause a little. But I thought it was interesting. And I thought it was a little selfish. Easy to say for the guy who brought the city its only championship, right? So it's kind of easy for him to take this dig. So that I didn't love. And I think he would be feeling different about it if it were him. As a matter of fact, we know he wouldn't be able to handle this if it were him. He hates when people are mean to him this way. Talk trash online. He'll get very cryptic. There'll be Instagram posts. There'll be rap songs you've never heard of that have undertones in it. He would be, he'd be acting all kind of out over this. And that's why I don't necessarily love his quote. Do you think there's a basketball equivalent to Owen 16? Like, like I, you can't go 0 and 82. No, it's never going to happen. Well, I don't. I mean, I would imagine that's never going to happen. Right. So, like, if he was involved in a team that was the basketball equivalent of this, I, I, I'm going to disagree. I think he would be like, yeah, we do deserve mocking. No, no way, dude. He couldn't stand. He can't stand the heat and that he gets online. He would never be a part of a team that was 0 and 16. I think people w- could say to you, dude, aren't you going to lose six finals? <laughs> so like that is that the equivalent to a winless season? No, it's not the equivalent, but you can make the argument that the failure 
is sort of there. Now, I wouldn't. I would not do that. But there are people who will try. Is it the same thing? No. The Brown, what's going on with the Browns is way more embarrassing. LeBron's at least has got a there's he's got air of winning. I mean, dude, he's won multiple championships, so no, it's not the same thing. But I'll also go far. I'm gonna go overboard with this quote. Guys, if you don't think this is more him putting his hand on Cleveland and pushing the Browns to the forefront so the Wolf can get them first as he's running away from you, you're crazy. This is, don't know, you don't hate me. Look at me, I, you love me. I'm the dude that brought the title. No, I was with the fans, remember? I even got your back on that Browns parade as he's packing up and walking out. You don't think that this is starting to start build a little separation? Make Say what you want. If, dude, if, if LeBron leaves the Cavs two days from now, dude, nobody goes to Cavs games. We've seen it. The Browns have been terrible since 1999, stadium full, until this year. This, no matter what you want to say, this is a football area, and he just trashed over the franchise that you care about more than anything in the world. And to me, it starts to feel like, oh, I see what we're doing here. We're softening blows. I'm with you, everyday fan. Get it? I'm with you. I get frustration of fan. Get it? I'm one of you. It feels to me like a start to, of a separation move. Now, maybe that's going way too far. A lot of people claim he won't make up his mind till the end of the season. I think that's a little unrealistic for the smartest guy probably in basketball to not at least be thinking about what he's doing. Come on. No, no, I, don't, I won't even think about it till the end of the year. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You overanalyze every other thing that happens in your life, but you're not thinking about what the biggest career choice you're going to make is going to be? Yeah, I'm sure that that's true. This, to me, feels like a little bit of separation. I didn't love this. This felt to me like, ah, I can say whatever I want about this franchise that people really care about because I'm the one that brought you a championship. This felt like a cheap time to take a blow at Emmanuel Agba. It did. It felt like a cheap time to take a blow. He's not wrong. I'm not saying the statement's wrong. It just felt like for a guy who, by the way, calls over every statement he puts out publicly to, A, use this many swear words. I felt like it was a little strange. Now, in the parade, after winning the championship, I told you, I was like, I don't get caught up in that. The guy's celebrating. Whatever. But this doesn't feel a little like, dude, what are you doing here? Now, I know you want to like it because he's on your side. But there's a little bit of like, dude, this doesn't read great. And you just trashed on the franchise they actually care about. We love basketball here now because we have LeBron James. But I remember when it was just Kyrie and they were winning 20. There wasn't nobody there. Do you feel like not attending games or leaving games early or not watching games is its own form of protest of like the awfulness of the team? I think, I don't know if it's protest, just people don't want to spend money if they don't think there's a chance you could win. So if I go, if I go and I watch games and I spend money on it and then I decide to go like say, hey, they still suck. Does that make me more or less of a fan than somebody that didn't go? What does if I if I am in the season ticket holder and I went to this parade? Okay, but okay, so now I'm not a fan because I went to the parade. 
Am I more or less of a fan than somebody that didn't go to the games this year? I don't want to be the person who decides who's a bigger fan or not. I guess from the player's perspective, though, they're the ones saying you're not a real fan now. You're not a real fan now. And no real Browns fans. You can't celebrate when we win because you went to this parade. I think if you have been historically a season ticket holder, you have proven to be a, a real fan. So even if you do go to this parade, you're more of a fan than somebody who did not go or watch. I won't call you more of a fan, but I'm not going to say you're no longer a fan or you're not a true fan if you went. That's the only thing that I was like, I rolled my eyes at a lot this weekend was people trying to say like, well, who and who is not a fan? It's like, well, dude, if you're watching the games, whether they win, lose, you go to this parade or ever, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else defines you as a fan. I think there... I, what I'll say is this. Because you went to the parade doesn't mean you're a fan. People, There were plenty of people who went to that parade simply because it was a spectacle and because it was something to be at. It wasn't... That was the other thing. Is it was People constantly sold me, this is about the passion, man, and about bringing about change, man. No, it's not. It's about wanting to get on TV. Yeah, and to think that to think that this parade had anything to do with how the Browns will behave or act or, or draft or anything like that, like oh now the Browns are going to change their ways. That's uh, that's asinine. I just I, I just don't I, I just don't know where I land. Expecting Browns players not to be pissed about it was unrealistic. And I'll give you an example. Should be pissed, right? And I, 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 I yeah, absolutely. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about here. You want honesty until you get it coming from the people that you look up to. Meaning, dude, if a Browns player came out at any time during the year and said, real, dude, Cleveland has the best fans? No, they don't. I've played for three other franchises. The fans are way better there. You would be furious, and you'd be protesting that. So, so all I'm saying is, yes, be able to throw it in, in the player's face. But when one of those dudes comes out and says this stuff, you got to realize, dude, they're not going to love it. And you want honesty. Players will never be allowed to be as honest as you are to them. You know why? Because you think, because you bought that ticket, that you paid their salary, which is ridiculous. No, you didn't. The TV network and the advertising money ultimately is what pays all that. I know we like to think that we have a little bit of ownership because we bought tickets and a t-shirt 10 years ago. That's not the way it works. And honestly, this felt like a cheap dig out of LeBron James, and it felt like an easy swing, like the, like the heaviest peach ever, just hanging off the tree. And that's why I didn't love it. He's not wrong. I just didn't love it. Your next opportunity to score $1,000 is right now. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. I had just had to take some pain medication. Uh, for those of you that missed the opening of the program, I fell flat on my ass walking down the steps from my apartment building this morning. Like, had the coffee cup in my hand, feet came out underneath me, bam, right down on the ground. And it didn't hurt at all then, but now my, like, parts of my back are starting to hurt. My left shoulder actually hurts quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, this is Stansbury here for Life Alert. You'll be hearing that soon enough because honestly, that's a very concerning story, man. I, uh, I, I did not like hearing that. I've attached my, my wagon to your star, and dude, you go down. What happens to me? I, uh, I, like, I still thought it was funny. Like, not at first. Like, a couple of F words flew out of my mouth, of obviously. You know what I mean? But then after that, I, uh, I, like, I, I actually, when I was driving to work, I thought it was funny. Like, I was laughing about it. 
which it took me a while to get to work, by the way. The roads are super icy. Give yourself a, a little room there. I know everybody likes to make fun of the kids because they don't have school. Mostly, you know, Maslin Alliance, Canton, all closed. By the way, you can grab them all at WRQK.com. Although, if you don't know your kids don't have school yet today already, right. I, I, I question what other things you don't know about <laughs> what's going on in your kid's life. Don't raise your hand at 8 o'clock in the morning and go, I don't know if my kids have school or not. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just telling you. I think CPS probably shows up, probably takes them off your hands for a little while anyway. I uh, I hope this all clears up by the time we get out of here. I mean, I know it's supposed to be over-freezing today, so hopefully this rain and wintry mix or whatever I it is, th- is. I hear three inches of snow. Jeez. Is what we're going to get today. Jeez. That's what I hear, is that it's going to be three inches. That's a lot. More snow than I want. It's not a lot. But I don't ski, I don't snowboard, I don't do any of that stuff. So like, I, I and I know a lot of you do, right? And so th- you guys get excited about this kind of stuff because then like, what the slopes can like make their snow and all that stuff. But I, uh, I just, I don't do any of that. I'd go snow tubing with you. I would do that. But out, but what am I gonna do? It once every decade. So like outside of that, snow is just like this problematic thing for me. Right, Stan's probably just on his ass in the middle of the parking lot. He doesn't need to do that on a slope. Yeah, no, that one hurt a little bit. A little bit. Uh, dude, you know what was a major success? was what First Friday. Okay. Major success. Okay. Good times. Yeah. Heavily attended, and I kind of like the winter ones because it's not so crowded that you can't move. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, and if that's the complaint you're going to make against First Friday, I guess they probably want it that way as yes, opposed they to do. the other. But, like, yeah, there's certainly sometimes you go to the July one, it's like, geez, geez. man, I can't even move around in here. Jeez, no, but uh, honestly, it, w- it was heavily attended, right. a lot of fun. Right. Um, I met a lot of people who listened to the program. I wish I could remember everybody's names, but you all bought me shots, and so I can't remember a damn thing. Uh, I, I woke up, I will admit, I woke up Saturday morning, dude, a little hungover in the house. Where'd you go? What'd you do? What was the story? Uh, George's Busbin, a couple okay. other, you know, little things. But I, uh, you know, um, George's here's this will perfectly explain how packed it was packed, but you could still sit at the bar. That's good. I that's, guess, I mean, that's, that's a good place to be at George's. You know, and, and George's, for everything it is, the one thing it's not is very spacious. It's often right. very like, you know. Which is one of the things that's great about it. Yeah, you feel very like chummy in the in club. There. Right. You feel like there's a sense of like camaraderie. I'm, I'm part of this in here. Um, right. But if you put too many bodies in there, all of a sudden it's like, dude, literally, we're just like sardines. We're standing <laughs> shoulder to shoulder here. So, um, well, good. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, buddy. dude, went over to Buzzman for the old school hip hop night. That was right. fun. That was right. fun. A lot of, yeah, dude, they were playing a lot of the old biggie, a lot of that old stuff. It, although it was kind of obvious to me that I was like, oh, I don't necessarily know if I would call that old school, but I'm old. So, like, uh, Well, at what point is it like, all right, that's an old school song? Anything over 10 years in the hip hop format, I, I'm, I'm all right calling it old school, I think. I, I think across the board, I mean, certainly anything prior to 2000 is old school. Yes. There's no denying that. 99, there was a lot of that no limit stuff from right. the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, you got to think, if you were born when... That song came out, you know, make them say, oh, that's probably what, like 98, 99? You're, you, you're an adult now. Like, right. so. Yeah, that's old school. So, that was fun, man. I let him, I met a lot of cool people. I'm sure I'm on a lot of Snapchat stories and stuff. I don't even remember. But people just kept shoving phones in my face and things. What about the chicks that were twerking outside your house? Were they there? No, they were not no? there, but there was plenty Why? of twerking going on in Buzzman. Why? I that's I actually tweeted this. I that's one of the things I love about Buzzman is like it's very few places can you see short-haired tattooed brunettes in motorhead shirts twerking to classic hip hop. It was like dude, if you 
put a driving range in the back of this place. It's like I designed heaven. It was awesome. It was awesome. I'll tell you what's not so great. What is that? And I've been reading a lot about this over the last few days. People have been hitting me up going, yo, man, are you going to address this? And yeah, I absolutely. I think we, it would be crazy if we didn't, which is Affinity Medical Center is yeah. going to close. Yeah. This, uh, they're going to stop. Uh, they will close its clinical services on the February uh, the 4th there, and then the doors will be shut completely on March 6th. This will be the first time that the city will be without a medical facility since 1910. Which is obviously crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Mercy and Altman are both fantastic hospitals, but for Maslin not to have its own, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the fact that getting people to the hospital after an emergency in a lot of cases, is what depicts life or death. That, yeah, the more minutes you put onto that drive, I can't imagine it's going to help make things better. Now, we're talking about 32,000 people that live in Massillon. That's a lot of people, man. Is that enough to warrant its own hospital, though? Because, like, I don't know I don't know what that number is of, like, well, should you have your own or should it be the next city over? Because I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer to that is. Here's what I can tell you. I, I don't know the right answer either. I would tell you that Stansbury's opinion is closing schools and or hospitals never really benefits you. The, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised that one of the hospital providers in the area, like I said, either Altman or Mercy, didn't buy it. But I guess that, you know, you bring up that this hospital has been around since like 1910. I guess well, they've that's had a, a facility there. I don't know if it's that one. That's a big part of the problem is I've heard a lot of this stuff is it's just antiquated. The building's old. Everything's kind of old. And for a hospital to come in, it would have to like do major renovations to kind of step up the standard. So starting newer? I, I don't is, know. I, more cost effective? It can be. I don't know. I don't know if that's what's going to be. Now, the hospital spokespeople were hesitant to give a headcount. However, they say as of August of 2016, officials had said Affinity employed 800 people, including 300 physicians and more than 100 volunteers. I don't know. if the, Well, obviously, I, you know, I don't know if volunteers. Sometimes you're a paid volunteer. Sometimes you're not. Either way, it's still something you do in your life that's not going to be there for you. All employees will be expected to work as scheduled and perform their assigned duties through March the 6th unless released from duty sooner, which I would imagine they're going to stagger it. Oh, yeah, they'll start doing it you know, soon enough, and I'm sure by the time it's all said and done, it's going to be like, oh, damn, there's only four of us working here now, you know? Uh, Quorum Health is a spinoff of Community Health Systems in April 2016. The spinoff was complete, and Quorum owned and operated 31 hospitals, including Affinity, a non-urban and mid-sized market. This is you know, essentially what they... Um, specialize in I, man dude 800 people though yeah i mean absolutely terrible and don't get me wrong these are people i'm sure that are very hireable people they have job skills that will you know allow them to get other jobs but still we're talking 800 jobs leaving maslin that's terrible yeah that cannot be good like i said i i don't know overall i don't have the numbers obviously in front of me i'm not an expert on these types of things but my uneducated guess, like I said, is closing schools and hospitals probably doesn't benefit you in the long run. Yeah, I mean, Canton has population of just over 70,000 and we have two hospitals, therefore 35, 32,000 is like, well, then if you have two, Maslin should have one. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I think now the town I lived in in Oregon was about Maslin size, uh, you know, population-wise. They had a hospital. And uh, although... 
you know, it was, but for a lot of larger things, they would send you to Medford, which was about 20 minutes away. Now, I, I'm reading this on the fly. There's a guy writing this in. Andrew says, one of the arguments I would like to send you guys about Affinity Closing is you uh, you go to remember the small town south of Maslin uses Affinity such as Brewster, Navarre, Beach City, and Wilmot. A lot sure. of the volunteer fire services out of that area actually use Affinity. It's going to add minutes onto a very short time frame you already have with cardiac arrest victims or even opioid epidemic that's going on. And I would agree with all that. Like I said, you know, that was one of the first things I said about the story is like you start adding minutes on to getting somebody to the, to the medical center. I, I mean, that's a lot of times that's the difference between life and death. That's such a tough line to draw there of like, yes, I understand that, you know, all those cities deserve to have a hospital by them and deserve somewhere to go on emergency treatment. But it's like if that hospital's losing money, if that hospital can no longer stand, it's like, well, what do you do? I mean, do you as a do you as a city pump more money into it? Does that just go turn into like, well, hey, the taxpayers will pick up the pick up the, the and you're all going to have an issue with that. You know what I mean? It's just I don't know. I don't know where the right where that right line is. I'm getting a lot I'm of messages. I don't have to. I'm getting a lot of messages from people who say, you know, I know somebody who works there and they're giving me some of this information. I feel with a hospital and people losing their, I feel a little weird passing on that info unless I absolutely 100% know it. it's just 100% true. But if I, if some of the stuff that I'm reading is true, it was probably time to maybe have done something. But I, I feel for you. And like I said, long term, I think closing schools, closing hospitals, probably not the best idea overall for the community. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. If you haven't heard yet, uh, apparently, is it, I, th- I think it's the roof of Trump Towers on currently on fire, which I'm sure will not be turned into an annoying metaphor for his entire presidency by, you know, an hour from now. I'm sure there won't be memes about, oh, look, even this is on fire. But he's not there, so apparently, there, you know, nobody's been reported as injured or anything like that. Apparently, it's in a you know, an electrical box and then the like, and they feel like they might have it under control. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think this is necessarily like arson or anything, but I mean, still very concerning, you know, you got to find out about stuff like that. It's one of the three things you need to know there. There you go. There you go. So I feel like the internet is filled with things that you want to be true. And that's how they get read. And that's what makes trying to read for knowledge such a such a challenge these days is because this study and this scientific study, and it's like, well, how many people and like who did it and who commissioned it and who profited off of? But there's like so many things on the Internet now, and so many of them are tailored for you, A, till you'll click so you'll click them, and B, so you'll agree with them and, and then believe them as true so you'll keep digesting it. And I have a perfect example where they claim now that the hobby of video games will make you last longer in bed. Right. Now, see, I I feel like this is a headline that people who play, and this will have to be guys because that's who worries about lasting long in bed. I feel like this is a headline that they know guys want to be true. Especially dudes that play video games. I play Halo. I, you know what I mean? Like that's what that's they're banking on that. Um, the mockery of like the sexual prowess of a gamer is nothing new. You know what I'm saying? So that's something I think that you know has been played on for a long time, and probably there is a little bit of ha ha virgin. Look at you stuck in your mom's basement. Right. You don't even know what boobs feel like. 
And so you exploit that because, like, even dudes who know that's not true, there still is a little bit of that on you. I know for a fact you're not a virgin, but, like... Well, I read it, right? right you know right. what I mean? But but I read it, okay? <laughs> so a new study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine... All right, so there's a little bit more legitimacy there. They say, we know gamers are less likely to arrive early. They say, seeing now, there's a lack of evidence, though, of the relationship between gaming and sexual health, which, of course, there is, because how would you, you know, I don't even know how you would get there. But they, they pass out questionnaires, 600 men, so very small study here, between the ages of 18 and 50. And apparently the premature ejaculation diagnostic tool in the International Index of Erectile Function. Those participants were also asked about their lifestyle and or gaming habits. They said those who played video games for at least an hour a day had a lower occurrence of premature ejaculation of those who did not game. But the downside the gamers are also more likely to report a lower sexual desire overall. Meaning, if you don't play games, you have a desire, a stronger desire for sex, but you're premature ejaculating. Where if you're a gamer, ah, not necessarily for me right now, but when you do it, you can knock it out. Okay. Um, I can buy that if you're sitting around playing video games all day, that can affect negatively affect your sex drive, right? Yeah, the same could be said for Netflix. Anytime you're just laying there, really not... A body in motion stays in motion. So yes, any any activity where you're not moving around a lot, I would imagine if you're doing that a lot, that sexual desire will decrease. But again, this is what will happen. People who wake up early in the morning are more intelligent. And you'll post it because you wake up early. Or, I swear a lot. Am I a genius? Yeah, people who are messy have, you know, these same characteristics as geniuses. And it's like, no, you just don't clean your house. That doesn't make you any, like... (laughs) You know what I mean? But these things are positioned as true. And we want them to be true. So we consume them. You'll see this, you know... They'll be like, hey, these 10 Ohio cities, you know, you'll never believe what you find there. And it's like, well, of course I'm going to click on it because it says Canton. And they know that. That's why they make 12 different lists. And some of them say Canton. Some of them say Dayton. Some of them say Toledo. And they know you're going to click on things that, you know, you have a a relationship with. Things that you feel like, hey, that speaks to me. You'll see it all the time with this. What um, did Justin Timberlake say about Alliance? Nothing. Nothing. Right. He, he said absolutely nothing. And you'll see these, like, extremely specific ads like let's say you know on facebook you like the cleveland cavaliers and you like the movie die hard and it'll be like i'm a i'm a Cavs and die hard fan that means you can't f with me and it's like dude that's nothing that's a ridiculous shirt it's just somebody saw those two things and know that you'll buy it because you identify with it so they do that all the time dude i was gonna say what the dude the amount of people that are both in the cavalier fan and die hard fan Buckets. I mean, the overlap has to be massive. I was born in February, and I like the Buckeyes. <laughs> it's like, really? That's what you got? Like, okay. But people buy it. People click on it. You know what I'm saying? So, as a video game player, I'm telling you right now, playing Call of Duty is not going to prevent you from premature ejaculation. These two things do not go hand in hand. I would agree that a lack of sexual desire can happen by being lazy, shoving potato chips in your mouth, and laying on the couch all day. But you are not going to prevent 
premature ejaculation by leveling Mario up. That is not going to be, God, dude, the stuff we just hope is true that we're willing to read and be like, yeah, man, I just need to hold on to this lie. That is a sad and desperate lie. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com. Right around the corner, your next opportunity for $1,000. But let's talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. First, Scott, my man, how are you? Doing well, man. How are you guys? Not too bad. So my first question out of the gate is, were you at the Browns' winless parade? No, 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 no. Um, I mean, I, I, while I wish we probably should have had someone there to cover it, there was no chance I was going to stand outside in any sort of climate like that. I mean, it, the, the, the signs looked fun, um, you know, kind of watching it on Twitter. Um, it seemed like, I think it accomplished everything everyone wanted it to accomplish, but no, there was no chance I was getting off my couch on Saturday. I uh, Yeah, it felt a little cold for me. I was like, you know, I just, because I, I, I'm not a parade hater. Like, I wasn't like, you can't do this. I just wasn't a supporter. And I understand why players, Emmanuel Ogba, Christian Kirksey, couple, to paraphrase, were like, dude, this is a joke. You shouldn't do this. I Like, I think fans expecting players not to be pissed about this was unrealistic. I think if one player, Scott, said... Cleveland has the best fans in the in the country? No, they don't. I've played for four other franchises. Dude, Denver's are way better. Fans would be livid. And yet they expect that they should be able to be as honest as they want with the player, but the player should never be as honest as they want with them. And I think that that's an unfair relationship. And I, a lot of that with the advent of Twitter as well. Um, I, I, you know, I think our first real foray, foray with that was when Chris Perez you know, kind of MF the, the fans for booing him after giving up a single. Um, and, I, and, and, like, a lot of that kind of pushback kind of unfolded over social media and then, you know, snowballed itself to the next time he pitched, it was even worse. Right. Um, it's, it's a tough battle to fight if you're a fan um, or if you're, if you're a player because, you know, again, like you said, like, we're, we're the ones who are going to be here long after those guys are. And, you know, we're the ones who have to have had to deal with you know, the history and the lineage and everything and all the misery uh, that has gone on, especially with that, with, with that team, you know, over the you know, decades. You know, they've been back since 99. They've been awful. And Emmanuel Ogba's been here for two years. Yeah, but, you know what I mean? So I think, there's, I think there's a lot of fans who are like, you know, who, who's this guy? Um, you know, so I, I, get the, I get the idea that fans are going to, you know, push back. that. I get the idea that players are going to be upset. Um, but, this, but the parade yesterday and i'm not a supporter of it at all um you know i get i get the idea and i get what's behind it um but you know if you, the it, it's there's a lot more in that parade yesterday than just the one season i think it's crazy to assume that the cleveland browns fans are going to sit with owen 16 any longer than emmanuel ogba is that's his life it's something we watch that was him as a competitor and he didn't get it done I, if you don't think that's going to sit with those players the rest of their lives after they're retired, I think that's crazy. I, th- I think it will. Um, but if you're looking at it from the fan perspective, they got paid to go 0-16, and we paid to watch them go 0-16. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who poured a lot of money uh, into whether it's merchandise tickets. 
time on Sundays um, that they'll never get back, you know, that kind of thing. And I, so I see, I see it. I see it very much both ways. So you say what everybody wanted to get accomplished got accomplished, which I don't think so, because I think what they wanted to accomplish is, hey, you guys are bad. Get better. And I don't think that the Browns got any better. They're not any better Monday morning than they were Friday night before the parade. So what? Kind uh, of- I disagree. I don't. I don't know if that. I don't know if the, it was. Hey, get better. I think it was. Hey, if you're going to be this bad, we're going to put you on blast, and the, and, the, and the entire nation is going to, you know, the the zero sixteen thing isn't just going to skirt by unnoticed. You know, I mean, there's going. There's not going to just be the headlines that following Monday saying Browns make futility. We're going to drag this on. You know, when when the Lions went 0 16, was it a three week story? Do you know what I mean? I think I think that the Browns are still a trending topic nationally, despite the playoffs being on being going being underway. You know, I think that is that is much more. You know, keeping them in the discussion about how bad they are is is much more of a realistic goal than hoping they're going to add players in the next week and get and get, and get that much better. So, do you think then that, that there's any possibility that position coaches? and or free agents say to John Dorsey in the offseason, sorry, dude, I don't want to spend the next 18 months of my life answering questions about a parade. No thanks. I'm out. I'll go work for the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a no thanks, but it'll be a, it's going to cost you about an extra 15% more than it would if I was going to Baltimore, uh, which I think is more than fair. And I think that is there that, that is much more the collateral damage that goes undiscussed when you're talking about a teardown. You know, you have you had uh, Jefferson, the safety uh, from Arizona, who was go who was on the Browns' radar last year, and he chose to go to Baltimore for less money because he just didn't want to be a part of this organization. Uh, and I think when you go, when you have a guy who didn't want to be a part of a one in fifteen organization a year ago, I think you're going to have many more of those um, not want to be a part of an zero in sixteen organization. And it's not just free agents; it's going to be. I mean, you're you're, you're seeing it with Josh Rosen. You're seeing it, you know, across the board, and I think, you know, it's going to the, the cost isn't just going to be, you know, losing a few games over a few of a few seasons. There's, there's, it's going to be a financial cost to it as well, and they're going to have to structure deals if they're going to want to play in the free agency market. That's going to allow them to, you know, they're going to they're going to have to pay that premium, not just for the market. I mean, we're we're in a we're in an NFL age where big markets or warm weather are always going to win out. Um, but you know, so you, so you have the geography against you and then you're going to have the culture as well. Some players will be willing to take a discount to go to new England, you know, because of, because of, you know, the, you know, who they are, they're not going, they're not even going to come close to doing that to come to Cleveland. I, I, I guess I look at it from the perspective of, yes, I think there's going to be guys who look at, you know, well, hey, this happened, therefore I don't want to be a part of this. But the real driver of that is 0-16. And I guess, you know, people made the point of, well, on one hand or the other, there was a lot of passion there. And that's one of the things that the Browns, if nothing else, should notice is that our fans still care. Our fans are still a part of this. I think any fan base that goes 0-16 in the day and age of Vine, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all their fans are going to throw a parade or do something to get online and be famous. I don't buy this we're the most passionate fan base in the country. I don't buy it. I don't buy any of that. I think that's all fake. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I've I've been tailgating in Green Bay. I've watched countless videos of Buffalo fans. I mean, there, there's, there, there's, there's, you know, Bears. I mean, there's, there's tons of fans, um, at least at this point, that I would put above, I mean, above Browns in that regard. Um, you know, I, I would put the Browns in the top half, for sure. sure. I mean, you see, you see the, the the L.A. stadiums can't even fill you know twenty seven feet, twenty seven thousand seats. Right. Um, you know, you Jacksonville yesterday, the ton of Buffalo fans there. 
Um, you know, so there's, there we're, but the, the whole best fans in the world thing, I, I think I, if, if that's where this is rooted, um, you know, I think that's, that's pretty hollow. Now I, I, what I didn't like is I felt like people had to like defend their fandom. Like you're not a fan if you went, or you're only a real fan if you oppose it. And I, dude, you're a fan if you're a fan. If you watch the games, you're a fan. I, I, I didn't like that. I don't, I, I'm not going to tell anybody else how to be a fan, but to, to expect players, coaches, ownership not to be disappointed in what you were doing is just flat-out unrealistic was my whole take on it. You know, I don't know if they – was that the goal? I didn't see anything saying, like, we're going to do this, but no one's going to be upset about it. Um, you know, and if that's – if that's if there's any well, – if there's any one thing that I was most turned off by with the whole thing, um, you know, and I, I, think, I think Chris is, is an entertaining follow at times. Uh, but there, there reached a point where there, anytime there was a negative feedback about this, he was, you know, jumping all down them, down their throats and trying to explain why it was a good idea. And I think you, you, anytime you do that, I mean, we've, I mean, we've seen it. We, we saw it this past November. Anytime you try to tell somebody something's a bad idea, it's going to make them consider doing something even more. Um, and I, and I, and I, I, so there's an element of that to it as well. So I don't, this, this parade wasn't going to go down. And I hate that we've already allocated this much time towards it, but it's not going to go down as it was never going to be a universally liked thing. You know, right. there was it was very polarizing on Twitter. Um, people either loved it or hated it, and then both sides. I, I I didn't understand how angry each side got towards their stance on it. Um, so just given how polarizing it already was, I don't think we could expect it to have been you know any any anything universally received when it came to coaches, players, or media. Now that Kansas City's been knocked out of the playoffs by the Tennessee Titans. Do you think Alex Smith is the journeyman quarterback John Dorsey's going to target to try to get here to foster a new kid? I mean, we talked about it a week ago, and I think it's even more likely now. I um, I, 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 and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't hate it to be honest. Me? Um, say that again. Me either. I'll yeah, no, I think he's, he's, he's the kid. The guy's a grinder. Um, you know, and I hate to use a Gruden term, but I mean, he is. He has been. I think perpetually, you know, under, you know, undervalued, whether it was when he was in San Francisco, it was, you know, get rid of him for Colin Kaepernick. Now he's in Kansas city, you know, get rid of him for Patrick Mahomes. Um, And not that he's going, not that he's still in his prime, you know, by any means, but he's just a smart quarterback and he he's, he's, he's quietly quick. You know, he's not, he's not a one dimensional guy. He can move on the ground and he seems like he is willing to be, you know, the Josh, what we wanted Josh McCown to be, exactly. you know, years ago, or what we wanted Jake Delhomme to be years ago. I mean, he seems very much willing to take that role. And, you know, I, I think you, you bring, again, I, I echo you bring in a guy like Smith, you still use that number one pick on a quarterback. And your, and your quarterback room, uh, you know, night and day compared to where it was a year ago. And I, and I think that's the direction they're going to have to go if they're going to get this thing right. It seems like a lot of Browns fans upset about the details of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade going down. Joe Thomas seems kind of have been the one who uh, really put fuel on that fire. Can you give people a brief rundown of, what number one, what happened, and number two, why Browns fans are so upset about it? Well, I mean, Browns fans should be upset. Um, you, know, I, you know, I was one banging the drum for Jimmy you know, a year ago. You know, thinking they should have done anything they could to make that deal, and the pushback was, "Well, do you want to give up those draft picks?" Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, you know, and I, and that, and that's a problem with a lot of fans is they want value. You're already seeing this. Well, we can, we might be able to take Barkley at one and hope a quarterback is still there at four, and that is just so dumb. 
you need to, you, you do that when you can get the quarterback. You know, San Francisco can do that because they have a quarterback already. You know, you, right. you, there's, you know, they, they, that gamble is, is, should be, should be done. And, you know, the, in a, to, you know, to kind of, you know, long story short, you know, they, New England wasn't going to trade him to a dysfunctional organization in hopes, you know, in fear that he would leave in free agency next year and then sign with another, you know, one of their competitors. You know, the one that, that really scared them the most was Indianapolis. Um, you know, it's, it sounded a lot like with, if, with the Andrew Luck experiment over, um, by and large, that, you know, Belichick was afraid that they would send the, you know, send, you know, he'd go to Cleveland and it would flame out in a year and then he would sign up with the Colts. Then he would suddenly have a, another high powered offense over there. You know, so there's a lot of speculation that that was, that was a part of it. Um, but, you know, I fault again, the Browns for waiting, you know, you get that deal done a year ago when the, when the, when the, when the, the iron was kind of in the fire, um, you know, and I know there's a lot of fans who want to say, well, it was never going to happen anyways. You don't know that. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no NFL organization who's going to, for, you know, intentionally hurt their team, you know, because of, you know, some grudge, you know, people thought it was because he would Belichick had a, a thing against Cleveland because of how he was treated here. That has nothing to do with it. He just knows how, how quickly quarterbacks are going to flame out here and potentially go somewhere else. I mean, look at Josh McCown, you know, seven and nine record or whatever it was in, and with the Jets, so I think it's, um, you know, it was one, it was one of those situations. But Joe Thomas, by the way, Matt, to your, to your point, has been a fantastic follow on Twitter, being willing to shed a lot of light on stuff like this. Which, if I'm a Browns fan, uh, I don't think that 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 lends too well to him coming back if right. he's willing to, to 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 open a lot of these cans of worms here. Um, you know, heading heading into the heading into the Super Bowl season. No, if you ask me, I think Joe Thomas is preparing all of you for. Hey, look, my media career is about to start. And, and he's going to be awesome, by oh, the way. He'll be fantastic at that. And I can't blame the guy. I mean, to come back again after you've been like the Iron Man of the organization that has done nothing to help you, I, I, I can't necessarily knock it. If he wants to get out, I'm all for it. Joe Thomas, can't wait to see him all over my TV. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. My man, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Thanks. Sounds good, you guys. Now it's time to get you guys hooked up with this $1,000. Welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show. We're on Rock 106.9 on Live 40 WRQK.com and still have a four-pack of tickets oh, yeah. for the Great Big Home and Garden Show at the IX Center February 2nd. Hard to believe. The 11th. Hard to believe that, like, yo, springtime stuff coming up soon, but no, man, before you know it, you'll be planting the garden, you'll be uh, cutting the grass, doing all that stuff. Golf show normally February. Oh, yeah. Normally February, which uh, your boy going to try to pick up a set of Titleist AP1s there. I didn't pull the trigger the other day. I found a set for brand new, out of the box, brand new, still in the box, six hundred on eBay, right? Which is saving me like two hundred bucks. They're like eight hundred out of the store right now. I was like, nah, dude, just six hundred bucks. I just, I can't do it. Feels just, like a lot. Just, yeah, it just feels like a lot. Especially, I don't need new clubs. It would just be nice. You know what I mean? Like, mine have some wear on them, but it's not like, okay, man, you got to get rid of these. We getting three years, five years, ten years out of clubs. I mean, dude, guys will go ten years without, okay. without replacing them, and then you'll have guys okay. who replace them new every year. Every year? Okay. So uh, you know, I, I bet five's not a terrible rule. All right. Five's probably not a terrible rule if you're going to use them a lot. But you know, like I was playing with a couple of my buddies the one day, and one of them was like, "Dude, you got to get some new clubs." So HJ, the guy who gave me my lessons, is like, "Dude, give me your nine iron." And so I handed it to him. Sure enough, he hit it and put it to four feet. He's like, there's nothing wrong with these, dude. There's nothing. He's like, dude, there's, it's, these are fine. You can get another five years out of these. It's not about that. It's about the fact that you suck at it. <laughs> Best coach ever. 
speaking of which, dude, there's a great video online at WRQK.com right now of this kid at Clemson at the basketball game oh, yeah. drained a 94-foot putt to win $10,000. Which, dude, putting on a surface like that, slick like that, and not have the ball drift on you at all was pretty impressive. I mean, a 94-foot putt, even on grass, would be like, whoa, like that's far. But on a surface like that, I can't believe it didn't drift away from him like that. Good for that kid, too. I'm sure that was oh. a shot in the dark, like, oh, hey, man, maybe it'll go ahead, maybe it won't, and it did, so good for him. I don't know, he was wearing khakis. Okay, so who knows? He <laughs> yeah. might be a little experienced in you the game I mean? right there. All right. You know, you're talking South Carolina, and he's got khakis All on. Right, My well. guess is maybe he, he <laughs> may have had a club in his hand once before. So there's a story out of Akron where I'm scratching my head, and I can't for the life of me figure out how this, how this went down. And I've always had a little issue with um, the insanity plea. All right. Okay, I've, I've, had, I've always had an issue with this. I, I understand that people are insane. Mm-hmm. I get that. But like lowering sentences and doing other stuff because of the insanity plea seems like a loophole to me, and I'm not wild about it. Yeah, I don't think it can be a, a decider in guilt or innocence, but I definitely can see how, you know, I guess the punishment maybe, but I don't know why. I mean, why? You still did it. Yeah. And if you're so criminally insane that you're doing things like that, all the more reason I should throw you away. Well, I'm not saying like, yo, you should get out. I'm just saying like, should you be in a mental facility as opposed to a, 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 a you know, a prison? I guess maybe you can make an argument there. I don't think you should just be like, all right, you're insane. See you later. Go out there back on the streets. A 48-year-old man out of Akron on trial for murdering his mother That's has good. been found not guilty by reason of insanity. Derek Williams, his attorney says, when he heard his hometown mentioned on Wheel of Fortune and Pat Sajak said, do it, he believed that Pat Sajak was instructing him to kill his mother. Wow. Now, I think probably being almost 50 and living with her is probably what drove you it's to enough do it. enough to drive you to it. I, uh, I'm a wheel watcher myself, and I did not see any mention of Akron, uh, but uh, how long ago was this? A year plus ago? Uh, it does not say okay. exactly when the episode aired. Okay. Elaine Williams, 78, found dead in her home. This is back in December of 2016, so that's okay. obviously when the episode was airing. Now, they do reruns and stuff, so who knows? Her daughter found her body and called 911. Williams, who had been beaten to death, was taken into custody uh who he had beaten her to death was taken into custody the next day. Now the defense attorney says Williams was off his medication and clearly was psychotic. Okay, well again though, I, I now yeah hospital this and that fine, but he was still found not guilty. Now obviously they're not just going to let him roam the streets. He's probably going to go to you know a facility, but finding somebody not guilty. Over killing your mother because you thought the TV did it. I don't like it. I'm sorry. I want a guilty verdict. Yeah. I don't know. Why, I don't know why I'm splitting hairs, but I want a guilty verdict that applied to this. No, I can understand why a guilty verdict with an asterisk is different than you know guilty via insanity is different than not guilty because of insanity. Yeah, I get that. Because I also think then is you now. I don't know if you could. I don't know if it, 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 maybe I've seen too many TVs, you know, shows of, of people fooling this kind of stuff. But don't you think this just then like spurs people to go, this guy got away with it by saying, you know, that the wheel of fortune made him do it? Now, I don't know what the I don't know what the the criteria of being labeled as criminally insane or insane by the state or anything like that. Um, But 
I would assume that it wasn't just like he said like once, hey, Pat Sajak made me do it, and they were like, all right, well, you're insane. I would assume there was some sort of evaluation there, but I'm making assumptions, so I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, they're obviously going to evaluate you. I just wonder what is the possibility of an intelligent person fooling an evaluation? I guess would you know what the what – the, Actions of true insanity are as in, as opposed to just like saying crazy things because I could say like oh hey you know a pink elephant made me do it and you know somebody I would like to think that a trained professional would be able to see through that and be like you're just trying to do this. I talk about something I would like to do. I would like to spend an afternoon trying to fool one of those to see if I could do it. I wonder how they trip you up. It's got to be memory, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they're going to ask you something and you're going to remember it and, and an insane person might not have. And or maybe some sort of testing, testing like your... Recall. It has to be recall. Testing your empathy or testing like your ability to see yourself in other situations. Because like I said, I would assume this is multiple tests instead of just like, you know, one... Would somebody who is criminally insane not feel empathy? I know a psychopath won't, but you don't argue that they're trying to, you know, you don't argue insanity with them. So, like, is this, I wonder, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know the answer I, to that. I guess, I guess maybe just having a better idea of, number one, what the criteria of getting to insanity is, and then what are the, what are the evaluators along the way? I would, I would agree that if you think the TV is talking to you that you're crazy. Yeah. I just will always be suspicious if people are telling me the TV's talking to them, whether or not they actually thought the TV was talking to I, them. I've heard that's a very, um, a lot of people will say like, oh my God, I thought that song was talking to me. I need help. Or, oh my God, I thought the TV or a movie was like... Like directly communicating with me that's like a red flag for a lot of people to step into that so I, yeah if you're out there and you're thinking like oh my god the Stansbury show is directly talking to me I've now I've been I've had that we, you know, I, I, on a previous show I worked on, we had people who were like sending letters to the radio station claiming that we were trying to like you know control their mind. When um when Dimebag got shot, that was one of the things that the guy who shot him was very like clear about and talking about how he thought Pantera was talking to him, not just like hey this is a song I'm listening to. They were specifically this was written for me, and yeah, that's definitely an indicator of you having some mental issues there. You know, Rob brings up a a, a great point, which is isn't anybody that kills somebody insane on some level like isn't anybody who kills somebody technically a little like you wouldn't kill somebody if you weren't a little crazy i don't know i don't think so no i think you can be sane and still murder really yeah you can know yeah, the difference between I, right and wrong and yeah because you know what we're doing there we're, we're misusing words yeah. for their technical meaning outside of their technical meaning because you're right you could be of sound mind and body and pull the trigger that's a you know that what's a crime of passion is what normally well they'll say is you know the situation there you'd be so, a terrible person you know what i mean and still be a sane person and still be yes sane i guess it really comes down to can you stand trial right that's also you know do you understand right. what the lawyers are right. saying to you and things like that ultimately it's just when you put not guilty on this, I have an issue with that. No matter if the person's insane or not, I would like, I mean, dude, he killed her. I would like a guilty charge attached to that person's name. I don't know why I'm splitting hairs. I just am. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't believe this idiot just hit me. The second thing you think is, 
where am I going to get this fixed at? I want it done fast and I want it done right. And that's where North Canton Collision comes in. No matter what type of accident you've been in, big or small, North Canton Collision fixes them all. You can call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason right now at 330-499-5171. And those guys will be glad to give you a no-cost estimate on your repair. Again, it's North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Where you can check out some pretty interesting videos like Kiss being a bunch of douchebags to a, a journalist making him switch his t-shirt because he wore an Iron Maiden shirt to go interview Kiss and they were unhappy about it. That cannot have been the first time that's, that, that's ever happened to those guys. I don't know why. Dude, where they decide to draw the line. And, which by the way, dude, one of your big names in the band co-creator of the brand has been accused as recently as a month ago of inappropriately grabbing women that you would think you'd be searching for all the good press you could get your hands on and not doubling down with some Spanish reporter and making him switch his t-shirt around. Guys are 70 years old. They're not going to change their behavior now. This is what brought them to the dance. And like I don't know. There's probably a little bit of kiss that was like, "Yo, dude, we need some other. We need some other kind of publicity. We need some other kind of press. You know what? Just give this guy a hard time, Gene. You know what? Just tell him, and all of a sudden we'll be back in the news. Nobody cares. Kiss caskets for everyone. It was kind of funny too because Eric Singer, the drummer, like starts to get in on it, and as he's like ratsing the guy, he drops his drumsticks. <laughs> so he's got to like sheepishly like bend over and like pick those up like he wasn't like just talking trash, and then something embarrassing happened to him. I don't know. It's very, I don't know. It's just, dude, for a band that's just constantly knocked for being marketing whores, it seemed like such a strange thing to do. Like, this is not going to help you fight that perception of you at all. And then Michael Jackson wanted to be Spider-Man. You can see him in the suit, actually, and watching some Michael moves in, in the Spidey suit. That, w- that was pretty interesting. That's online for you, too. WRQK.com. So, Maslin Firefighters... Uh, were called to challenge last night, apparently. Okay. There was an alarm at Erie Street, uh, four or five Erie Street, around 8 o'clock last night. And actually, I had some, uh, uh, there was a listener, Devin, who kept sending me photos. He was near the scene, kept sending me fi- uh, pictures last night on Twitter. He said, look, man, this is about as close as I could get for safety reasons. Right. So they were called there around 8 o'clock last night uh, for an alarm reporting smoke in the building. Fire Chief Tom Bergeser, I hope I have that right, said when firefighters arrived, they determined that there appeared to be a fire in multiple areas of the building. Uh, with the cold temperature, several medical calls going on at the same time. The chief said the defensive attack was warranted. Thick black smoke was blanketing downtown as winds pushed it towards the center of town. Apparently, people had visibility issues all the way in the center of town from what I was reading on Twitter last night. They say unclear at the time when this was written at the Indie Online from uh, this is Amy Knapp, I believe this is who this is. But the building itself was previously home to brown lumber, which, geez, that catches fire. It's a bad, bad yeah, situation bad. there. As of far as I know, no injuries have been reported. But from what I'm hearing, it was still on fire this morning, still burning as of this morning. Shout out to those first responders, man. I'm glad I don't have to do that job. Yeah, that's a job I'm happy I don't have. Especially in the cold. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's going to suck to be a firefighter any day of the week, dude. Any oh, day of the I week. Think the but in the cold? Oh, I think the I think the... I think the middle of summer would be worse. Yeah, I guess. You have all that gear on, lifting all that heavy stuff. Now you got to climb a ladder on the outside of a building. I don't know. Fall, spring. It just sucks to be a firefighter, dude. Thank God I don't have to do that job, man. Do you think you could even climb a ladder with the gear on? Oh, 
um, not in any like in an emergency situation or no. I mean, I guess if it was like, yo, you can load this up and maybe do it, but like, no, you put somebody else's life on the line, a sense of urgency, like, and no, I couldn't, I couldn't even pretend to. I don't think you could run in one of those, and those guys have to run in that. I don't think you could run in that. It's. Have you ever put it on? I've never put on like full gear. No. Oh, it's heavy. I'm sure. Oh, it's so much heavier than you think. I've had to do that. It's uh, we did it. I forget. We were doing a and again. I had to run in it. It was a radio bit once upon a time, and I was running in it, and it was hard. I'm not good with the ladders, which is one of the things that would stop me from being a pretty good firefighter. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's a like I can get up a ladder fine, but coming down a ladder, I turn into like a little bit of a schoolgirl at that moment. Like, I'm just very slowly just going back down, make sure both feet on that rung. Like, I'm not, I, the speed of that. And I could never, I could never hoist somebody over my shoulder. No. And take them down a ladder. No, of course not, dude. <laughs> not, not, not even remotely. I could carry a human being. For sure I could do that. I could put you around my shoulders and walk you across the yard. But I could never get you from up multiple stories in a building and bring you down to safety. That's just a dude, that's manly stuff, dude. I just I don't even know how they do it. Like I said, I was talking to that fire chief in, in Vegas. Right. And he was telling me, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I was like, people think you guys just hang out, play cards while you're waiting for calls. And he was like, dude, this is Las Vegas. There's no just sitting around waiting. It's like we do about 35 calls a day. Per shift. It's like, wow. It's like, most times, dude, you're responding to another call on your way back to the fire station. Where he's like, you don't even go back in between. Like, man, that's a job. Because you just never know what you're getting into. That alarm goes off. God only knows what you're going to see. Yeah, I've uh, I've mentioned this before. It blows my mind that there the concept of volunteer firefighters still exists. Like still if, exists. It's primarily dude in most in a lot of small town areas. It's primarily the way it happens. If if if, if there's one job, well, I guess one of the jobs that kind of deserve a paycheck and kind of deserve a little bit of like, all right, man, you guys do this and you should be handsomely rewarded for it. I would say firefighter pretty high up on the list for me. Yeah, no, I would pay those guys. Yeah, and with bam. Pay them handsomely. I would pay the per- I would pay the people in that line of work. Yeah, and pay them handsomely. I would totally agree. We have a four pack of tickets to see the great big home and garden show at the IX Center February second through the eleventh. We'll take caller twenty right now at one eight hundred two four three seven six two five on those. And there are some bad habits that we all have that are holding us back from advancing at work, and we'll help you get better at them next on the Sands Bridge. One zero six nine. Welcome back to the Sands Bridge Show. We're on Rock One Zero Six Nine online for EWRKP. Looking ahead at tomorrow, this time we will be doing New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Justin Timberlake, new Kid Rock, and new Judas Priest. All part of that tomorrow. Which, by the way, if you're in a local band, maybe even singer, songwriter, rapper, even, some of your stuff, stansbrawrqk.com. Include a short little bio, radio, edited track, and we'd love to play you. We love playing local stuff on that part of the program. I, uh, I really look forward to New Tour Tuesday tomorrow, man. Those are three songs I want to hear. Timberlake in a bunch of trouble right now. And by trouble, I mean people are coming after him online. Um, apparently, he took part in this thing at the Golden Globes last night where, you know, it was everybody wear black and apparently he had a button on it, kind of talking about, you know, supporting women who have been, you know, sexually harassed in the workforce. And, you know, now people are saying, well, I mean, dude, you can say what you want, but you were still willing to be in that Woody Allen movie. 
And Woody Allen uh, obviously has been accused of, what was it, molesting his stepdaughter since she was seven years old, she claims. Right, didn't he went on to marry, right? Yeah, I believe so, that they that, that they entered into that relationship. But uh, I now I believe now she claims that there was he had sexually assaulted her since she was seven years old. Yeah, Woody Allen's way over the line for me. I don't uh, I don't partake in, in Woody Allen films. I uh, it's weird. He's been one of those people who kind of got a pass for a long time on that. Seems weird. I don't have any great love of uh, of Woody Allen movies. Like I've seen Annie Hall, but I don't have like the love of it that that a lot of people seem to have. I I, I mean, it's a good movie. I didn't think it was like so good or anything. But a lot of people are on Timberlake on that. And if I'm Timberlake, and I don't think you're wrong about it, for the record. But if I'm Timberlake or any celebrity for that matter. You are kind of in a weird predicament because it's like, well, I mean, do I got to be the first one? Like, all these other people were in Woody Allen movies. Why are we making this about me? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess were all those other people that were in Woody Allen movies out oh, there promoting? I mean, I don't, I don't know who else. I mean, I don't know what they were saying against the stuff that was happening. But, I mean, plenty of people have been willing to be in projects that he's been involved in since this stuff. I mean, dude, this these allegations have been about him since I was a kid. No, but I'm saying that went on to further say like, hey, I'm wearing all black trying to support this cause, blah, blah, blah. I guess that's where the, you know, that's where the issue is. It's once you decide that, hey, I'm going to promote the other side of this. It's like, well, then why are you still in bed with somebody who obviously doesn't live up to those standards? Well, I don't know when he was in the Woody Allen movie, but couldn't I not make the argument that it's having been through that and then is that's what maybe made him go, you know what, after doing that, thought better of it. I probably shouldn't have been that. Probably shouldn't have done that. I'm staying out of it. I don't know. I I just think it's it, it's interesting because plenty of people in Hollywood knew about Woody Allen and were still in his projects. You know why? Because we didn't have Twitter to call them out for it. So there was no problem with doing things that upset you. At that, back then, they didn't have to care what upset you at all because it wasn't going to matter. It's only now that they hear your displeasure. And you can make the argument that that's good. Maybe that's good. And maybe that's what you know is going to help us for the better. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to make Timberlake the face of, hey, you're awful, just because he was willing to be in this movie where it's like, dude, plenty of people were in Woody Allen movies. And, pl- and those same people, I guarantee you, would tell you now today that Harvey Weinstein's the biggest D-bag in the history of D-bags. And they might be right. I don't know. I mean, dude, a lot of what Harvey Weinstein was doing was awful. A lot of, you know what I mean? I don't know everything, but it sounds like everything I read was like, well, yeah, that's not good. I wouldn't do that. I don't want to be part of that. So I think all those people who have been in Woody Allen movies would be, would, would be anxious to speak out. And so I don't know why we're making a Timberlake's problem. Everybody in there last night at the Golden Globes was wearing black. It's like the thing. It's almost, and you can make this argument too, that if Timberlake showed up wearing anything else but that, what would it have been then? See, he doesn't support us. Done, he was even, you know what I mean? Then it would have been he didn't wear black and he was in a Woody Allen movie, so now he's bad. There's no way to win right now. There is absolutely no way to win right now. Sooner or later, no matter what stance you take, there is somebody's going to find some reason on why you're not good enough to be on that side. Would the win have been to not have done the Woody Allen movie? The, yes, ultimately. If you're going to be somebody who speaks up for things, then you need... It's, it's the old argument. You need to walk the walk then, too. And I think... It's people wanted to see you walking that walk before it becomes the walk to walk, meaning that you felt that way because of who you are, not because of what social, you know, current opinion is, is that you need to get there on your own. Why does this? This is what I'm always knocking Hillary Clinton for, right? Is that she didn't come around to gay marriage until we all did. 
It was 2014, and then she started talking about why it was okay. Because we all changed our opinion. I want somebody who is willing to come to that opinion and stand on that and tell you that before. It's why I kept on you. It's why I think she's a total turd of a human being. No chance for like growth or changing your mind or development. Kind of as society moves, you can kind of like see the arguments. I feel like if I could be out there in 2007 on a very public forum being pro-gay marriage, that that should have been where Hillary Clinton was too. But she wasn't. She didn't get there. She doesn't necessarily agree with it she only agreed with it because that was the position of the party at the time when she wanted to run which is why one of the reasons why i was in there pulling the lever for her i didn't feel guilty or i didn't feel great about it rather is what i meant to say is because i felt like eh, this is definitely the better of the two evils i got going on but i didn't love it because behind it all she's a terrible person She's an unlikable, terrible person. And that was one of the things. And so I think that's what people want is they want to see you come to these things, not have to be dragged to these things. So I kind of understand it. It's just if we're going to make the argument that Timberlake's one of the worst things going on in the entertainment industry, I'm not sure how true that is. Um, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, I just I don't think you can do anything anymore without people saying, yeah, but it wasn't good enough because of yeah, but. And at that point, I think and I've said this about me and in, and. In, in, in previous issues is that if you then try to shut up people who do want to try to help, then you're never, then you're never going to get anything accomplished. I wasn't sure why he had to deal with all that. I haven't heard his new song yet. Filthy though. People seem to think the video a little bit better than the song. I'd be interested to take a listen to that tomorrow. I haven't, I haven't heard that yet. I did hear the new Judas priest lightning strike. We'll also play you that and kid rock American rock and roll. That's tomorrow on new tour Tuesday. Everybody always accuses me. You're just a hater. You don't like anything. You just hate on everything. I found two things on Netflix over the weekend that I absolutely fell in love with. I'll tell you what those are after getting you hooked up with this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock. 1069. No, Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 1069, online 4 wrqkcom Fanta, what's going on with your charge, buddy? I'm going to tell you what's going on with the Canton Charge. First and foremost, a huge road victory, getting the ship righted. Um, shout out to uh, shout out to everyone involved in Charge Nation. Thank you guys for being there over the weekend. Uh, exciting news. Number one, John Holland looks to be on the mend. So I saw him doing some full contact practice over the, uh, over the course of the weekend, so nice. that's looking good. Uh, but really, what I'm getting to here is uh the 20th of this month it's all going down can't civic center is the place uh dude just absolutely awesome cleveland cavaliers winter hats are going to be given away oh. first first 2500 people in the door is going to get it so uh charge oh, nation that. get yourself some tickets right now don't delay don't get shut out in the cold can't charge.com or of course can't civic center box office uh hashtag charge up baby Ooh, I look forward to that. I, li- I like the snow hats there. Yeah. I like the winter hats yeah. there. I get accused of being a hater a lot. You just hate, like every new TV show I don't like, people go, you don't like anything. And I always say, no, I'm just not easily impressed by TV shows. Just because everybody says, oh my gosh, Stranger Things is so good, doesn't mean I'm going to watch it and go, yeah, man, that was awesome. I almost started watching season two over the weekend, and I just decided not to. Did you ever watch season two of that or no? I got, so I watched the recap of season one. Right. I watched the first episode of season two, and then I never went back. And then you were done. And I hear it gets better. Okay. But All right. I All don't. Right. 
I, you know, I don't know. Maybe because I've been struggling lately with stuff to watch. Now, it, just in the, you bring up the point of like everyone calls you a hater. Just because you dislike stuff doesn't mean you're a hater. At the same time, there are plenty of people out there who, no matter what it is, they're always going to be disgusted. Just hate the popular right. thing, right? That's true. And I didn't like the new Star Wars movie, and I didn't like Stranger Things, so I get lumped into this in this category of people. Okay. And I don't think it's true. Didn't like the new season of Game of Thrones either. No, I liked the first two episodes, and then, yeah, I felt like, all right, no, yeah, you didn't do what I wanted to do, and it got kind of, it got away from them. Okay. It did. It got okay. away from them. And they're not coming back to 2019 now. Just all things that things that you usually passionate about all of a sudden kind of fell off. Just didn't off. like as okay. much, okay? okay? And so I think I unfairly get in, thrown into this category of people because, yes, there have been a couple of instances of this. So I'm going to give you two things that are on Netflix right now that I absolutely really liked. Okay. Okay. One of them is actually an older show that Netflix just picked up. It was on, it ran on another format and they picked it up. But I want to start with a Netflix original, which is called Dope. And it's a four episode, like documentary series into drugs in the world. One of them's inside Chicago. Another one's how they like, how they mule marijuana over the border in like Mexico into Arizona. That episode was very interesting. And there's, uh, I believe there's a cocaine episode that was very interesting. So a documentary series here essentially is what we're looking at. Four episodes. There are 45 minutes a piece each episode. And you're not going to see anything. If you're into these kind of docu-series, it's not like Dope has anything that is going to be like, oh, I never knew that. But it is an interesting look. That's a part of the problem with a lot of drug shows that I've run into recently where it's like 10 years ago, dude, you couldn't put a show about weed or coke or whatever on the, on the, on the, on the docket without me watching it. Now all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, but I've seen this. Yeah, but I've seen yeah. this. Yeah, but I've seen this. It's a little bit of like behind the music. Let me guess. The guitar. Forest and a right. singer didn't get along. Okay. Right? So there is a little bit in that, but I felt like Dope was well done enough. JP writing in and asked me, do you like Black Mirror? Because that's like one of these big shows that's on Netflix right yeah. now. JP, I'll tell you. So I watched one episode in season one. I didn't really care for it. And then people told me about this crocodile episode in the new series okay. or the new season that just came out because you don't have to watch them in order. You can go, Black Mirror's like, it's kind of like, um, what was that show back in the day in the 60s? Uh, that was re- really strange. Twilight Zone? Yeah, it's a little bit like that, and then th- that it's not consecutive. They're can, self-contained episodes. Yeah, there. self-contained episodes. You can kind of bounce around. I like that. So I was told that the Crocodile episode in this new season was really good. I started watching it, and I shut it off midway through. What is, What is Black Mirror? I, I, I've heard of this, but I have not watched it, or I, I don't so know. So the fan theory is, is what Black Mirror is. Is when your phone goes black, okay, and you see, and the screen goes black, and you're looking at yourself. You see, you know what I mean, like okay. a black mirror. Okay, I hear that's why it's named that. It's just a show that's odd for the sake of being odd. And I will tell you, I didn't hate it. I just didn't get sucked into it the way a lot of. people... I think you would like Black. Now, mirror. is it this showing me like, hey, this is a story about aliens and it's crazy, or is this like a a like you so know the, unsolved been, mysteries where they had to take a true story or true ish story and then adapt it? So the crocodile episode that I started to watched the other night was this young couple's driving on a back road. I think it's Norway and it's icy and out of nowhere, they hit a guy on a 10 speed and they kill him. They decide to try to cover it up. And then 25 years down the road or whatever, 15 years is what it was. 
the guy who was actually driving the car yeah. goes into rehab, comes out of rehab, feels like he's got to like make for all his sins there, make up, and then wants to tell the story. And then she kind of the woman who was with him at the time who wanted to call the cops now is the uh, they switch the roles, other way. Okay. and now she's the it's other been 15 way. Fifteen years. What are we bringing this up for? Okay. And I got to that point as they were arguing about it in the hotel room, and I was like. Yeah, I don't totally care, and I shut it off. I don't think the show's bad. Okay. I just don't think it's necessarily totally up my alley, which is weird because I liked The Twilight Zone a lot when I was a kid. Okay. Loved that show as a kid. Now, the other show that on Netflix that I really like outside of Dope, and again, this was an, oh, I'm way, way, way late to the party on this. Way late. Okay. It used to be on YouTube back in the day, but Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is so good. Oh, yeah. So good. It is, I love when people do interview style shows without interviewing you, where it's just talking to you. And then next thing you know, interesting things come out. It's not necessarily, he, like, as a matter of fact, you hear the Howard Stern episode, Howard actually asks him, you have nothing planned. And Jerry says, not a thing. And Howard's like, this is going to be miserable. And sure enough, they go and they end up having a great time. Yeah, a big part of it is is in an interview situation when you feel like you're across the desk from somebody, it almost feels like you guys are confrontational at that point. Even if it's not a confrontational in- I'm interview, I'm trying to get something out it's of you. One side versus one side. When you're in a car, and I always talk about this with my girlfriend, like we have our very best fights, conversations, like heart to hearts in the car because I'm not looking at you, you're not looking at me. We almost feel like we're on the same side, and like it's like you can just be more candid with each other. In well, that way. you bring up an interesting point. Because what I, the one thing I didn't like about this Jerry Seinfeld thing that he did is he drives the car. And I felt like, because what he kind of does is he kind of picks a car that kind of like fits the celebrity he's going to okay. talk to, right? Kind of like wraps, wraps it around. So what I thought would be a good idea is why not then have the person you're talking to drive the car? Because I would think driving then again would knock you off your guard a little bit more and you might get more out of your guest. But he spends hours with these people. The episodes end up being 17 minutes. So it's not like you're sitting there. I woke up Saturday morning hungover and I burned through an entire season in my bed. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched it. But when it was on YouTube, I can remember being like, oh, this is the next Seinfeld thing. This is the next thing. And yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that as he's gotten better at it and done it a little bit more, I'm sure those are really good. I'll check that out. Jerry was, I've always been very enamored by Jerry Seinfeld's career. And because I feel like he and I are more similar than we are different. And by that, I mean, Jerry gets, I think, typecast as a happy, clean comedian when in reality, and Bill Burr actually calls him out in the episode and says, people think you're nice. You're not nice, dude. And it's such a true story is like, and what I will say is in this series, you again, see the observational genius that is Jerry Seinfeld. Like he just observe, he's the great observer of our time. I have never seen somebody so observant of every little thing that's going around about them and find a funny way to tell you about it. But people don't understand. I don't think Jerry do sarcasm doesn't come from what you being from you enjoying the thing you're observing it comes from you being annoyed with the thing that you saw and bill burr finally says it to him where it's like dude you just have contempt for everything in your way and people yet just cast you off as oh jerry he's the nicest where and 
I'm a huge fan. Could not be a bigger fan of Jerry Seinfeld. But if I saw him on the street today, I'm not sure I asked for a selfie or go over and talk to him because I, I, you can just pick up from him how annoyed he is going to be with you and that he's going to walk away thinking like, oh my God, that person was just a waste of my time. If, if that's who you are as a person, and that's like, because I'm sure there are people out there like that, throw the most successful sitcom of all time on top of you with a billion dollars, and yeah, it's going to get exponentially worse. Yeah. Like, exponentially worse. Like I said, sarcasm doesn't come from like what you were happy with. It comes from you being annoyed about something, and you're joking about it because you realize, all right, I can't really hate on this, but there is a funny angle to it. But if you like him at all, like I can tell you, the Jimmy Fallon episode was fantastic. The Howard Stern episode was great. The Steve Harvey episode was one of my favorites because because Steve Harvey got himself in some trouble back when this was running. I think it was like 2013 when the episode initially had aired. And he had to apologize for some jokes that he had made. And Steve Harvey went in and was talking about how, had I not had my talk show, I would have never apologized to that woman. And as a matter of fact, I would have went back the next night, made the jokes worse, and I would have used her son's name. Because it's a comedian's job to make you uncomfortable. And it's a comedian's job to joke about things that are that are not necessarily what people consider today to be appropriate to find funny and I found it so refreshing to hear that guy say that to be like dude without a talk show I would have never apologized for that just the honesty in that moment I absolutely loved and Bill Burr I'm a huge fan that episode was fantastic as well more Stansberry Show right around the corner guys hang on good morning the Stansberry Show or the god of your choosing best morning ever Kent's Rock Station Rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for EWRQK.com. Teresa's going to get you hooked up with $1,000 coming up at 1010 this morning. So I saw your girlfriend took my advice yeah. and purchased some of that Halo Top ice cream. Oh, yeah. She got that peanut butter cup. So I had bad news. Okay. I was on the air, and I was telling people that a girl told me she had tricked me into eating vegan. Yeah. And it turns out Halo Top has multiple vegan flavors. That flavor, the peanut butter cup itself, not necessarily vegan. Well, maybe that's a good thing for you. Now you feel okay about it. But it is still only 320 calories for, for the, the in, for the entire pint, which is four servings. Now nobody's, you know, really like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, just stick to serving sizes. But if you were disciplined enough to be like, "Hey, I'm on a diet, but I want to indulge myself somehow." Dude, that's down to like 80 calories, 60 calories a serving. That's yeah. that's very reasonable. Yeah, it's like low fat or like I believe it's like some of those um like alternative milks that they use maybe. And it, so that particular flavor, not vegan, but a lot of their flavors are. It's delicious. But uh, yeah, she said she's like, I, you know, uh, your woman said she's a total believer. Yeah. Did you try it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% I did. And it was it's one I of those it. things, you know. At this point, it's like it's delicious. It's, it's it's not like all right, New Year, new me. But New Year's was definitely a point for us to say to each other, me and my girlfriend, like, yo, stop eating like an idiot. Like, just because you can go get Mr. Hero tonight for dinner doesn't mean you necessarily have to, you know, ch- suck down cheeseburgers. You can you can try to eat something and and then and then use those special foods as they were intended to as special foods. You know so, what I mean? Yeah, I've kind of been doing the same thing where I'm not liking necessarily New Year, new me thing. But I was like, ah, do you kind of got little this last six months of. 20- 2017, he got a little carried away, so let's try to clean it up a little. Now, I did have a cheat meal 
Friday, first Friday, I had the I had the chicken and waffle sandwich. It was so good. But, dude, you should cheat on first Friday. Right. You should enjoy yourself a chicken and waffle sandwich from George's. That's but fine. The good thing is, is that normally what's been happening to me lately is that one cheat meal kind of turns in, and I didn't. Like, Saturday I woke up, was hungover. Yeah. I was like, no, dude, I'm not going to get in greasy food. I'm going to make some stuff in the house and do all that. Oh, and that's then, tough, dude. When you're hungover, not going somewhere to have, like, an omelet is tough because you're like, God, I don't want to eat oatmeal. No. Like, I don't want to. What do I want? Pistachios and grapes? No, I don't want anything to do with no, that. No, I want I want greasy food, sausage gravy yeah. on top of everything. So, so I, good uh, for you. I uh, no, so I did well both Saturday and Sunday, and my plan is now is to is to make Friday the day. Okay, where it's like Fridays, like you, that's when you get your cheat meal. Friday blowout, and I'm already. Like craving foods. What do you? What do you? What so do you got? <laughs> that ice cream will be part of it because I, even though it's only three hundred twenty calories, I still want to limit that to to only getting that from the store every once in a while. Okay, I don't want to go overboard with that kind of stuff. But I have been craving for two days a giant plate of ribs. Like I want ribs. All right. So. Bad. Like I was. I, I as a matter of fact, I went to J.C. Penney's yesterday, and I went past. Was it Happy's Pizza or whatever? Yeah, they got yeah, ribs yeah. there, and those are pretty good. I used to live by one of those. And Happy's Cleveland. Pizza ribs are good. For they a are pizza good. place for sure. Happy's is really good. That, yeah. Those are pretty good. And so I was just like, man. And then there's that Mission Barbecue I've never mm-hmm. had. Like Delicious. There's, there's all these really good barbecue places in the area that I haven't had, and I am so on Friday. I am finding the biggest, meatiest plate of ribs I can get my hands on. Old Carolina has really good Ooh, ribs. Good too. choice. Yeah, um, but if, good. of. of of, and, and listen, all those places are good, and I'm not knocking any of them, but if I'm going to pick a local institution for ribs, I'm going with uh, Hog Heaven right there on Cleveland. I think that's, I have not been. I think that's the best place to go get like a slab of ribs. I, I have like. never heard a, a crossword about it. Most people tell me, "Oh yeah, you might want to try that." It's good. And so uh, yeah, I have not. I have not been, but that I can feel it already. Is it's, it's only Monday. Ribs. It's only Monday, but Friday is on my mind, man. And I got the biggest, fattest <laughs> plate of ribs all over my brain. Again, Teresa will get choked up with that $1,000. That will be 1010 this morning on Rock 1069. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. You guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. When you get in a car accident, the first